Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. Hope you're doing well, and I want to le- want to welcome our visitors from the Mississippi Delta and the Jackson area. I appreciate you guys uh, paying attention. Whether it's listening on sort of, I say it all the time. Radio's king for Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi has built this incredible. A network of radio stations that are geographically, strategically located across the state. And then in uh, partnership with C Spire, Super Talk TV, a lot of people watch the show on Super Talk TV. But some of you are watching on YouTube or Facebook or your favorite podcast. We don't really care how you interact as long as you interact. And we get a lot of great feedback, and we appreciate you being there. Listen, uh, I share from time to time some quotes that I come across, and I've got three that I want to share with you before we move to my friend Frank Bordeaux, who is uh, with Cadence Insurance, and you probably know his name well because he's chairman of the Mississippi GOP. We'll be coming to him in just a second. But uh, but but three kind of inspirational quotes that, that I came across that I want to share. First one, my friend Jeannie Nico uh, posted this, and she said that she shared it from a friend. But, you know, it's uh, there's some negativity attached to it, but it's also, I, I think, a, a reminder, a lesson to keep your friends close, your real friends close. And this is what it said. Life has taught me that you can't control someone's loyalty. No matter how good you are to them, doesn't mean they'll treat you the same. No matter how much they mean to you, doesn't mean they'll value you the same. Sometimes the people you love the most turn out to be the people you can you can trust the least. It's kind of a, it's a powerful statement. One of the reasons I've always kept my circle really close, I know who my friend, my real friends are, and uh, we love each other. And no matter where I was in my, my career, I always knew who my core friends were. But, uh, you know, Jeannie's right. It's a sad reality of life. Friends come and friends go. That's that's kind of part of the way it is, but there's always these core friends. Don't forget who they are and, and reach out and tell them how much you care about them and love them. That makes a big difference. Uh, this one came as a result of uh, this history book I get. I get a digital history book every morning. And it uh, and this one, it was uh, observing that Jackie Robinson was born back in January 1919. But uh, here's what he said. Life is not a spectator sport. If you're going to spend your whole life on the grandstand just watching what goes on, you're wasting your life. Which is to say the way to get the way to get ahead in life is you got to get in the trenches and work hard. If you want to give back to the community, you want to make a contribution to the community, you got to get in there. And as my friend Wendy Swepman said, you have to uh, put your boots on the ground. And, uh, you know, I think one of the great things about this show is we talk to a lot of people who are not sitting in the grandstand. They're, they're out there, you know, not wasting their life away. They're doing what they can to give back in one way or the other. And uh, more recently, you heard the news that Cheetah Rivera died. She was really a trailblazing actress and singer. And she said this, and you know, a lot of lot of terrific uh, segments about her, but one that I really reflected on a lot is this one. She said, just think you can do anything until you find out you can't. I love that one. Just think you can do anything until you find out you can't. That kind of defines me, man. I always 
was willing to take on the big assignments and uh, risks never really worried me that much. But, you know, you, you, you got in and get your hands dirty and, uh, you know, find out what your potential is. But at the end of the day, we should all be aspiring to be the best, best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. Anyway, let's, uh, let's now move over to my friend Frank Bordeaux, who's a vice president with Cadence Insurance. We'll talk about the latest on the insurance front. He's been with the, uh, them for since 2007. And we'll talk more about what he has responsibility for. But he's also the chairman of the Mississippi GOP and someone I enjoy visiting with. How you doing, Frank? I'm good, Ricky. Thank you for having me on. So, uh, okay, first of all, for the for the uh, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, Super Talk TV audience, you can see that Frank must be sitting in a hotel somewhere. So, where are you? I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Republican National Committee meeting. Wow, that's exciting. So, I don't I don't know what you can tell us, but how's the meeting going? We're just starting out, but uh, it's it's been a good meeting so far, and, and it's going to heat up over the next uh, couple days. Uh, obviously, we're working on fundraising and grassroots organization across the country and looking forward towards uh, November. Well, that's exciting, man. You know, when you're the uh, chairman of the Mississippi GOP, um, you know, you, listen, we're, as we'll talk about here in just a second, your day job is intense. And we'll relate it back to how the work that you do relates back to economic development and uh, the the goal to build more affordable housing, not just across the state, but especially in coastal Mississippi or in the regions of the state that are the economic engines for our state. You have a you, 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 there's no rest for the weary in your world. You got plenty to do, but the chairman of the Mississippi GOP is a very significant role that you have. Uh, why don't you kind of give people a sense of what you do? I mean, long days, uh, seven days a week. We're, we're uh, I'm, I'm doing something, if it's related to the party or the, the uh, insurance industry. And the insurance industry really never sleeps. Neither does the party. I mean, my phone rings and texts, messages, emails, all hours of the night. While I'm out in Vegas, I am uh, meeting with several underwriters from uh, out in LA that are coming over to meet with me and a couple clients uh, out here. And so next week, I'm going to London to work on uh, reinsurance and, and placing some of my coverage for some of my larger accounts. And so, but the, in the entire time, I try to be able to find time to do uh, party business as well as uh, my business. But most importantly, uh, we, have a, we have a scheduling call every Monday and my wife's on that scheduling call. And so if she says, I can't do something, uh, and I, because I have to be with family, that comes first, obviously. <laughs> well, 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 good, for, good for you. I've uh, so we'll 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 kind of break it all down as we go through this conversation today. But why don't well, let's just start with this because people need to understand. Tell us about the the insurance division of Cadence Bank that you have responsibilities for. So Cadence actually just sold our operation uh, right in the middle of the last election cycle. So it was kind of it was a very busy time to Gallagher. And as a huge acquisition for Gallagher, it's a great thing for our bank. It, this is one of those deals where uh, both sides were winners in, in, in the, the sale. And so, and that's a huge opportunity for myself and for our colleagues. But I'm very proud of uh, the folks at Gallagher. Uh, you know, whenever they came in, typically you would think an acquisition of that size. We're in 13 states you know, hundreds of employees, 800 and some odd employees. And I think all but four employees came along in the cell, which is, that doesn't happen. And you know, you've been part of big, big deals like that. And you always have your few folks that 
uh, leave, but to have that much come over our, 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 the, the model between us and Gallagher are so much alike. And so it's going to be a great marriage. We're excited about it. There's going to be about a three-year transition. And so, but that makes Mississippi, We Gallagher had a very strong office in, in Jackson, and we're obviously throughout the state. So that makes Mississippi a very, very powerful uh, tool for our agency as far as Gallagher. Uh, Gallagher is a global insurance agency with many resources in Asia and Europe. And so uh, for Mississippi to have that opportunity to work with their folks across the globe is going to be a great uh, great asset. That's exciting news. I, I did not know that, and it wasn't on any of the information I had here in front of me. But has it been finalized? It's, all, it's a done deal? It's a done deal. It's been finalized. It was a quick deal. Um, and I think, you know, the the shareholders of the bank did very well out of the deal, and the shareholders for Gallagher did very well. And that's when you know it's a really good deal when uh, when both sides win. Uh, so we're excited about it. Well, listen, I can see see the smile on your face. And, and I, I, as you and I have had conversations many, many times, if you think about whether you're talking about hurricanes in coastal Mississippi or just the availability of insurance, period, whether it be residential or business across the state of Mississippi, what we don't seem to appreciate as as you know as policyholders, uh, and you and I have chatted about this again many times, is that the insurance market that we do business in is literally a global business. When you talk about going over to uh, Lords of London and and doing reinsurance uh, work, um, it's a complicated global market. So if you're with a big company like Gallagher, uh, Gallagher right, Gallagher, um, yes. working on a global that's a global company. Um, that brings resources and a, and a sort of a view into the challenges and the opportunities, unlike anything that you've been part of to this point. Yeah, and I've always I've been blessed, you know. Shorty, obviously, and quite frankly, Shorty almost sold to Gallagher twenty four years ago, whenever we sold to Bancorp. But Shorty always made it very clear to us that we have to get in front of our underwriters. And so going to Atlanta and meeting with the domestic carriers or going to London, meeting with uh, you know our intermediaries over there wasn't unusual, but that was unusual for an agency our size. Uh, to actually have boots on the ground over there is fantastic. But our agency's gone to London since uh, Jack Thompson days. And I know you remember Jack Thompson. Yes. He actually... Uh, he was actually a syndicate over in London, which very few people know. I think we've had two in Mississippi and Wirt Yerger being one and Jack Thompson being the other one. And so uh, our agencies always have kept a good relationship. But it's important for you to go over there and meet with the underwriters and meet with the actual people that are looking at our risk. Because those, those folks are the ones that we get to tell the tale of how we rebuild after Katrina. Yeah, you, uh, you mentioned Shorty. That's Shorty Sneed. And uh, what a great leader he's been in the insurance industry for the whole state of Mississippi. Uh, the role that he's played has been so important. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about in this growing economic development atmosphere that we're in in this, in this state of Mississippi, how important is insurance to those conversations? They've got to be significant. We'll, uh, we'll continue these conversations with Frank Bordeaux when we get on the other side. for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend Frank Bordeaux. He's chairman of the Mississippi GOP, but he's also a, a leader with now Gallagher Insurance, previously uh, Cadence. That's new news for me. And what's cool about a company like uh, a Gallagher, a global company with lots of resources, lots of assets, they can uh, they can really get a read of, on the lay of the land. But as, as Frank pointed out, uh, this notion of understanding the various levels of insurance all the way to insurance and syndicates, et cetera, has been something that the, the companies that Frank has been involved in has been really focused on for, for many years. So before we go any further, because I do want to talk about economic development and how you know the price of insurance plays in. I had a recent conversation with an economic development person in coastal Mississippi, and insurance weighs heavy in their conversations often. Um, let's remind people, though, why when you're talking about something like reinsurance and Lords of London and and disasters that happen in other countries and other continents, uh, why that's important and what happens in Mississippi. So kind of give us that 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 elevator speech about that. I mean, at the end of the day, every insurance carrier, with the exception of State Farm, buys re- what we call reinsurance, and that's insurance for their portfolio business that they write. And when the reinsurance market, the capacity in the reinsurance market, the available available dollars dry up because people aren't willing to invest into that uh, into that risk portfolio, then obviously it's supply and demand. Less capacity, the prices go up. Compounded, what we've seen over the past 36 months is rates increasing from a reinsurance standpoint, capacity shrinking, but also the insurance carriers have demanded valuation increases. And so folks all across the country have been hit with rate increases as well as them having to increase the value of their properties. We're starting to see that aspect of it level off. And for best-in-class, larger commercial uh, portfolios, you know, what I was telling my clients three months ago, plan on a 20 to 30% increase. Now, you know, I'd say a month ago, that was 5 to 10% increase. Now I'm starting to deliver decreases with broader coverage. So that's how quickly the market's starting to shift back. You're starting to see a lot of money going into reinsurance. And that's one thing that I believe it's important for me to go. This trip to London is more important than trips in the past. I want to see if this is real. I want to sit down with these underwriters and say, are y'all's reinsurance treaties, are y'all really getting this favorable capacity? And if they are, then I think that we're going to see better times coming uh, into the future. But it would be best in class. I have not seen this for, you know, things that that are older or less construction or uh, may have had some claims over the past couple of years. But I am seeing more options for those folks. And so, but that's overseas. We are seeing some of our folks, domestic carriers, they're dialing back and changing what they're going to write and what their uh, appetite is. And so, so it's, we're several months out from seeing how this is going to shake out. But I can tell you the horror stories I was telling you a year ago this time, th- this next renewal cycle is not going to be anywhere near as bad as that uh, for coastal Mississippi. I do believe no- no- folks north of the coast are going to continue to see rate increases because where admitted carriers were writing those folks, those admitted carriers are gone. And so they're gonna they're gonna live kind of what we've been living with since Katrina on the coast. They're gonna have percentage deductibles. They're some of the larger schedules of, of properties in North Mississippi, instead of having a single carrier, they're gonna have multiple carriers. Uh, we we understand that on the coast. 
our policyholders have lived that life for a long time and understand that. It's going to be very difficult for folks north of the coast uh, this next year, I believe. So it's not just a coast event now. It's uh, the whole state of Mississippi is going to have to deal with these fluctuations. Well, all through Arkansas, Oklahoma, it's really the straight line of wind events that have hurt um, uh, the insurance market in the south, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Listen, um, let's look. Uh, I, have, I have at least three separate farms in the Mississippi Delta, and they, uh, you know, there's been some pretty significant wind events that have come through and trees down in certain areas, and and uh, you know, damage has been done. Any any when, anytime you get a history around an event, whatever it might be, where there's substantial claims, it, there's a recalibration that's going to occur, isn't there? No question about it. And one thing that we've seen over the past five years is, and the the market has had to adjust to this, is the unknown claim that, that they never really thought was going to happen, the huge freeze in Texas uh, several years ago. The, all those BI claims, that was a massive claim event for the insurance market that they never contemplated when they were underwriting that risk. And so we're starting to see claims like that happen more often and so they're putting into their premiums kind of a 10% or a 5% increase just for the unknowns that they've never uh, contemplated when they were underwriting that policy. And, and by the way, this is for the comprehensive coverage. We'll get into the, the National Flood Insurance Program in a minute, the risk rating 2.0 program that has all kinds of challenges attached to that. And that's not just a coastal event when you consider – uh, the history of the program from 1996 to 2019, 99% uh, uh, of U.S. counties experienced at least one flood event. So the, the issue around flooding is a, is, a, is a big issue, but we'll come back to that in just a second. So, so the thing, coming back to the reinsurance, the, the insurance that insurance companies get, um, what you really had there are some major, major investors. I mean, very, very significant investors that are betting that we won't have major global catastrophic events to a certain level. And they're betting on that, aren't they? That's exactly right. I mean, they're investing their money into uh, writing an insurance portfolio. And they're starting to take their the insurance carriers, they're, they're placing reinsurance they're underwriting that portfolio of business a lot closer than what they've done in the past as well. But when you see Warren Buffett's and those kind of folks throwing this significant amount of money into the reinsurance market as they've thrown in over the past two or three months, you're going to start seeing that needle move. Uh, and that should be good for policyholders. And so I think you're seeing a lot more investment into uh, the reinsurance market. Hopefully we continue to see that. And hopefully we see a greater uh, greater capacity when it comes to um, the reinsurance treaties that are signed over the course of the next few weeks uh, that's going to make a big significant uh, impact on coastal Mississippi for sure. So, so businesses who are listening to this conversation that are not located on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, you had the benefit of learning from our experience because we've seen tremendous fluctuations both in residential and business insurance. And 
it, it creates challenges for us. It creates challenge for existing businesses that are trying to control their expenses, and suddenly they, they get hit with a, as he pointed out, either your rate's going up or the valuation for your business is going up. And one way or the other, they're getting they're getting an increase, and it is uh, it creates big challenges. When companies come in here t- kicking tires, let's say, let's, let's just stick with the coast of Mississippi analogy for a second. When companies come in here thinking about they're going to relocate here or maybe open up a division here, and they start looking at their overall expense structure, and then they get to the insurance part of the conversation, are they going to be less shocked these days or more shocked based on their experience wherever they're coming from? It really depends on where they're coming from. Yeah. I mean, if they're coming from California and they're used to earth, earthquake risk, that those premiums tend to be very similar to our wind risk. Um, it is st- sticker shock. It is very difficult, and it is a, a issue from economic development. I know several deals that have fallen apart because of the insurance compounded with now higher interest rates. And so and they hadn't killed the projects. It's kind of uh, slowed them down, and they yeah. reevaluate the size and scope. A lot of companies that are coming in are talking to us prior to while they're putting their plans. What can we do to lessen that increase um, over the course of a period of time? And then some folks are just saying, "We're going to self-insure for wind, or we're going to self-insure for flood." You know, if they if they have that kind of capital, they may just self-insure. And I've seen that more self-insurance over the past 36 months than I ever thought I'd see. Yeah, so a lot of the big companies, even back when I was a publisher, self-insurance was real. And if you've got the scope of a company, the scale of a company, um, that's certainly that's certainly a a possibility. you know, but it, what we were dealing with after Hurricane Katrina was not just catastrophic coverage of buildings and our and and uh, the the physical assets, but also business interruption insurance was a kind of a big part of that as well. And has has that also been a, a, a kind of a difficult and fluctuating part of the overall uh, formula for businesses? Yeah, I would say any time element coverage, which would be continuing expenses or or business income. That is very, very difficult, very expensive to place. It's still available. It's still out there. But a lot of companies may not be doing your business income. They may just be doing continuing expenses, figuring out what they what it will take to, to keep their company whole and get them operating again. And let's cover that rather than the business income. But business income is obviously available. It's out there. It's just it, it's a diff, it's part of very difficult uh, placement from a cap perspective. North of us, they're not going to deal with the big BI increase, I don't believe. I think what they're going to see is just change of the going from admitted to non-admitted carriers. We're spending some time with uh, our friend Frank Bordeaux, who's in the insurance business. He understands the lay of the land and insurance uh, really, really well. He's also the chairman of the, of the Mississippi GOP. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll see you after this break. Hey, bear with me one second. I got to. Why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1.
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the from the uh, Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend Frank Bordeaux with us today. He's in the insurance business with Gallagher Insurance, formerly Cadence. And he's the chairman of the Mississippi GOP. And he's coming to us actually from a hotel room in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, where some really important Republican National Committee meetings are taking place as we speak. When we went to break, they were talking about the insurance situation. And uh, it's kind of news to me, actually, that uh, what we have come to sort of understand as the lay of the land in coastal Mississippi, that that rates and, and and the challenges that we've had specifically since Hurricane Katrina, not that, not that Katrina um, was the first time we understood that we had insurance challenges on the coastal community, but certainly it redefined uh, how significant those challenges could be, that those kind of issues are going to be faced now by businesses across the state of Mississippi. And with that comes some I would assume comes some sticker shock for some folks. Huh? Is that what you're experiencing, Frank? I believe so. And, and you know, this is going to be a uh, difficult risk. Uh, and, and what we're really finding is folks that are in a, a number 10 class fire rating, obviously, admitted carriers are pulling out of that. And so the ENS market's going to come in. My, I ha- my wife and I have a place in Natchez, a home, and we went from a you know, $2,500 wind deductible to 5% uh, wind deductible this year. And so I'd imagine a lot of my neighbors in Natchez probably saw the same thing. And so, but we have an older home and it's probably not the best risk in the world as far as a fire risk is concerned, old wiring and things of that nature. And so I think best of class is always going to perform much better. Your immediate carriers are going to take that. And then all the rest of the folks are going to go ENS. But that percentage deductible on wind is, is very significant. And it's going to be new for a lot of folks in Mississippi. Hey, so let me ask you a question then. Um, you know, I've had this conversation before, but uh, when we built the home that we're in today, after Hurricane Katrina, we built it to the gold standard. And it, f- folks on the coast who are in building understand what I'm saying. There are various levels that you can build to in terms of fortification. Uh, so would this sort of would this notion of fortification become more of a conversation for someone in Natchez today than it was before? I think it's going to definitely be a bigger. Uh, it's already a bigger conversation on the in coastal Mississippi. The Mississippi uh, wind pool uh, had folks come in and talk about that standard, talking about adopting it. I know the insurance commissioner has been meeting with several folks, but I do believe that uh, building codes across the state are going to become uh, more stricter, better for, uh, I think, insurance carrier. And that's one thing that you saw in coastal Alabama and all throughout Alabama really has really embraced the the building codes and building to a better standard. And you're seeing better insurance rates than what we're having in Mississippi. We're seeing much better insurance, insurance rates than what they're seeing in Louisiana. And so what we do and the policies that our elected officials put in place as far as uh, building codes are definitely going to have an impact on our insurance rates moving into the future. Well, so for for our friends who are not on the coast in coastal Mississippi listening to this conversation, uh, I'll just give you a couple of items that that are part of a gold standard. For example, first first is the there's a there's a bolt <laughs> that literally bolts the the roof 
to the foundation. And so all around this house that I'm in, you have these bolts that are, that are I don't know how many feet apart, but literally bolting the roof down on to the to the, uh, the cement of the foundation. In addition to that, 150 mile an hour roof, that's, that's what was required. 150 mile an hour windows was required. Um, you know, the, the, the exterior is something they had to say grace over. How the doors are dealt with is something they said grace over. But as a result of going through all that, which was expensive at the time, our our rates have been extraordinarily manageable from from a from a catastrophic coverage point of view, and that that has been really good for us. Um, so that's these these are important conversations. The other thing is that you know we have a you know not only do, does it provide better insurance rates for us. But it, it helps us rest assured a little bit better that if we were to stay here for a hurricane or get hit by a tornado, that it's a safer residence to be in. And that's that's a conversation we all should be having, isn't it, Frank? Yeah, it's funny. I get phone calls quite often. If I build to this standard or if I do this, if I put these windows in, it's going to cost X number of dollars. I'm willing to spend that money, but will I save it on insurance? And I said, I can't tell you what the glo- what the market's going to do over the next 20 years of you owning this house. But what I can tell you is the idea that your neighbors are coming to your house and using your house after a storm because it's in place and it's there is a comforting feeling. And, you know, that's what I spent a lot of money like you did building a house, having a generator, using closed cell foam. I probably have a ton of straps in my house. The go bolts going through everything that we did. They cost so much money. But after every storm, Everybody in the neighborhoods at my house because <laughs> that's hey, got a roof. Hey, listen, uh, listen, uh, you, you know our story, but we had 10 foot waves hitting our house during Hurricane Katrina. We didn't lose a window. And I give my friend and your friend, Dave Dennis, so much, so much uh, uh, credit for this. But he said, Look, Ricky, when you build your house, you want the stucco on the outside of your house to be commercial grade. You you want to build it like it is not ever going to go anywhere. Secondly, you want you want you want hurricane grade windows, and you want that roof built in such a way that it's not going to go anywhere in either. Put your don't skimp on those three things, and you'll be glad that you didn't. So uh, Hurricane Katrina comes, ten foot waves hitting our house. We got some water in the house. At one point, you could look out the windows like we were in a glass bottom boat, literally. Um, but as you know, the thing that, that causes the, the calamity to start is once a single window busts, then the house then fills up with water. And then as the water begins to fall, and of course the slosh action of the, of the, uh, of the, the furniture getting them to the, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, high water, um, then they become battering rams and it just opens the house up and, and it, it, that's the way it is. But that didn't happen during Hurricane Katrina. So I got to see that. We cleaned it up. We had a lot of work to do, obviously after the storm, but in the upper portion of our house, we were actually able to stay there after the storm. You know, that that was important. So when we built this house, we had all that in mind. We said, okay, we're going to build, we built 5.1 feet above the ABFE requirement. Uh, we built the house all on one level um, and so on. And we, we wanted to be in a situation that if we had to, re, you know, self-insure, we could, we didn't want to, but we could. And uh, we built it in a way that we thought, well, if we get hit by another storm, we got a, a lot of extended 
extended family members like before who would be here. You know, we had multiple families staying with us after the storm. So the same thing would be true if you're talking about um, a tornado somewhere in Mississippi. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of peace of mind that comes from that, but that that is important. You know, has there been any uh, movement on the, the, the National Flood Insurance Program 2.0 in any way? I know a lot of energy has been on it, but I haven't been reading anything new lately. No, you know, I think that we're going to get another continuing, short-term continuing resolution. You know, we need a long-term, and we, we talk about it, you and I talk about it often. We really need Congress to do a long-term reauthorization, but we don't need to do it under current 2.0. There's, I think, 21 states have signed on to a lawsuit right now. You have different communities that have filed suit. New Orleans, uh, their economic development arm, testified in, uh, to Congress last week to a financial services committee, um, and you know they're all we're all speaking from the same sheet of music. Uh, I do I've seen several pieces of legislation that has dropped in Congress that is uh, going towards a multi-peril reinsurance fund. I don't know if that'll get any traction, um, but they're talking about a multi-peril uh, deal, and they they want to use the uh, Treasury to fund it or the come out of the general fund about fifty billion dollars a year. I'm, I'm not sure that's enough to shore up the flood insurance program when you start talking about wind and fires and things of that nature. So there's a lot of work to be done on that front. But the main thing is, is the conversations being had from all over the, the United States. It's not just coastal Mississippi or coastal Louisiana uh, as it was in 2012, 2013. This has become a national issue. And so, but we're going to have to get some really tough, uh, tough uh, congressional staffers and, and congressional members to say, hey, we've got to fix this. Our folks in Mississippi and Louisiana are, are doing an unbelievable job of getting that message out. But we need a few, we need some folks from the West Coast and the East Coast to join with them and, and really get some uh, legislation that fixes the program once and for all. Yeah, what you have, like, um, without getting into too much detail here about coastal Mississippi, since this show's going broader, but in towns like Pascagoula, for example, you have, you know, almost entire city of Pascagoula now is in a floodplain, which means that this is important because this is the big change with, with the National Flood Insurance Program 2.0. That a house that uh, if you if you if if a house comes available or gets damaged, if you redo that house, you can't get insurance on it. So what will end up happening is you'll have you know homes that literally. Are vacant. I mean, that, when you're when you have shipbuilding as a major priority for America, and you've got communities that serve the shipbuilding, but you can't build housing because of some requirements related to the flood insurance program, that is a major problem. And banks are not going to insure. Excuse me, are not going to give mortgages if you can't get insurance. So we've got a lot. We got a lot to fix, and uh, that's just one aspect. There's a lot of other aspects to it. You and I have spent entire shows talking about it, but it's something we better get on because it, it is affecting us. It's a slow burn right now because they're doing little, well, relatively small insurance uh, increases every year that are going toward a target, and the target is not manageable. It's going to create major problems for all of us. Um, okay, we'll continue the conversation with my friend uh, Frank Bordeaux. When we get on the other side, we'll see you after this break. Now, back 
back to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend Frank Bordeaux. He's with Gallagher Insurance, formerly Cadence, and he is the chairman of the Mississippi GOP. And we're having a pretty detailed conversation about insurance. We don't normally have these deep conversations like this on the show, but you know, a lot of business leaders and others, entrepreneurs who are listening to this and saying, you know, I've begun to see, I've begun to see some changes in my business insurance and what's behind that, et cetera. So this is a good conversation to have. We're all focused on the National Flood Insurance Program, especially here on the coast, but if you live near water, you know that the new uh, flood insurance program 2.0, risk rating 2.0, is uh, is not is not a good future solution. And so, as as Frank pointed out, there's at least some conversations around potentially moving to some kind of multi-peril. Another way to say that is a federal catastrophic coverage program. Something that Frank, as you've pointed out before, insurance companies were really not for that for a long period of time, at least. We're having the conversation about that now in ways that we didn't before. So do you think that the insurance companies are going to be a little bit more in on that now or maybe not? Well, I think, you know, there's there, there's a few pieces of legislation. There's a couple that I thought were pretty interesting. And what it did was it actually eliminated the federal government from being in any insurance, including the flood insurance program. And it created a reinsurance fund similar to what Florida has done or what we do in the state of Mississippi a for the yeah. a, a backstop. It's a backstop. Yeah. And yeah. so where they can buy reinsurance from the federal government, and it's going to be administered by the Department of Treasury, but there's also going to be, and this is a bipartisan bill right now, and so, and there will also be a panel of uh, uh, business or, in, it's, there will be folks that will be, it'll be very similar to the FDIC, where folks from the private sector go in and work with, uh, in this case, Treasury, to advise them on their reinsurance placement and how they should uh, spend funds. And But it, there is a requirement for every carrier that writes in the United States to participate in writing an all-peril policy. That's going to be the difficult thing, is getting some of our folks that are more susceptible to flood or earthquakes or whatever the peril may be to get a carrier to say, I'm going to do this. But I think hanging the carrot that you write in all 50 states or none, uh, be that will be very difficult for a carrier to say no. But then you get into the whole idea of what is our state insurance commissioners going to say about it? How is that going to be regulated? How will they be regulated from the federal government? So there's a whole lot of questions, a whole lot of possible unintended consequences that could come out of this. But at least the conversation is happening. We tried this in 2012, 2013, 2014 uh, with Senator Cochran and um, uh, Senator Wicker at the time, and it really fell on deaf ears to the, their members. Uh, but now we're starting to have those conversations. Yeah, it's it's good. It's really good to hear. Um, oftentimes we get uh, paralysis through analysis, but there's a burning platform here. You know, uh, you know, leaders from across the country see it. Uh, legislative leaders see it, and you know, we've got to, we've got to have. Hopefully, we have some leaders that are going to hang in there to continue to have this really complicated conversation. And uh, is there a quasi-governmental solution? There may be. I mean, it, it, you know, it's. You know, we need to have that conversation. Which, whichever way we go, we have to f- work toward having. 
um, affordable insurance in coastal communities because these aren't rich people who are living in these local communities. They're workers who are working in shipyards and in ports, and they play incredibly important roles. And we get to recalibrate the conversation around that, that these aren't just second homes for rich people. That's, that's sad that some people think of it that way. Hey, let's uh, shift gears in a short time we have left. The governor... Man, you're talking about hitting the ground running this year with two major announcements in Madison and then up in North Mississippi, multi-billion dollar investments in the state of Mississippi. He has staked his claim that he's going to be an economic development governor, and he's having tremendous success, isn't he? Uh, It's been a great year. I've had a lot of folks say, why didn't we we make these announcements before the uh, election? I wish it was that easy. I know that Governor Reeves wishes it was that easy. This has been a lot of work from a lot of different folks from NDA. The local EDs have done a, a, a fantastic jobs uh, in Marshall County and in Madison County. But I will say that the investment that has been made in job force training and the investments we've made in K through 12, third grade gate, all those things come together to bring these huge projects. And so I think there's a, a overall vision of investment in education, investment in job force uh, training. And that's going to pay off, and it's obviously paid off. This deal in Madison County is a huge deal for Mississippi. And the spinoff of that is going to be amazing as far as the other businesses that will move there because of the infrastructure that we're putting in place in that uh, uh, industrial park. It's going to be a great, exciting next four years. I hope it's exciting next 30 years uh, for Mississippi. But we're we're definitely off uh, to a good start in 2024, no doubt. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'll have, I'll have Joy uh, from Economic Development in Madison joining me, I think, in the next week or so. And we're going to talk more about that. And, and I look forward to chatting more about what happened. Say it again. They've done some amazing things in Madison over the past several years. Man, they they really have. And uh, it's interesting that some people who criticize the governor for not doing development west of I-55 and don't seem to appreciate that the companies are the one choosing. At the end of the day, it's, it's about power availability and workforce availability, a lot of dynamic forces together. I happen to believe strongly that a rising tide is going to help lift all boats, and Mississippi is seeking that kind of success. And we can't, we can't lose if we stay focused on that. Listen, Frank, it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good luck in Las Vegas. Good luck. And uh, listen, I appreciate you guys joining us, and we will see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.